0: In the beautiful West 7th neighborhood of St. Paul, Minnesota, you're listening to The Capital City Podcast. I'm super excited to be here this morning. Last week, Kenny was sharing with us from Philippians 1, and we walked through and talked about um, what Paul's heart was as he was talking about the churches there and talked about how we see that same heart here in Capital City Church community, and it's the same things we wanna keep growing, where we thank God for what He's doing. We have confidence in God, we have confidence in who He is, and we pray. We pray that we can do the things that God would have us do and call us to do, and Kenny announced last week that what we're going to be doing is taking the Sunday morning time to go through the fruit of the spirit. And so this is our first week in that and as you might guess, we're not going to do them all in order and there's a reason for that which we will expose perhaps later. Not like it's a big secret, but it kind of a little secret. Um, but this morning we're starting with love and not just because the greatest of these is love, but when you look at the fruit of the Spirit listed in Galatians 5, love is listed first. And we sit here and we think about, you know, what do we know about love? And in Scripture says, there's no fear in love, you know, when perfect love conquers, you know, I mean, perfect love casts out fear, we see that. We see other things talking about um, that, of course, the greatest of these is love, it's patient, it's kind, it's, you know, we have 1 Corinthians 13, and so we could go there and talk about love. And as you look in Scripture, it's just everywhere. So when we thought, where are we going to talk about love? We decided what we wanted to do is to talk about Jesus and the way that he loved us. And he has an example of that. And we're going to be looking at that from John chapter 13. And we're going to see that Jesus teaches us by what he says and what he does, that we are to love one another and that by doing that, it will point other people to him. So we're gonna see that Jesus teaches us by what he says and what he does, that we are to love one another. And as we do that, it will point other people to him. They'll know we're followers of Christ because of the love we have for each other. It will point others to him, people that know him already. And it will point others to him, people who haven't met him yet. Um, And so we're gonna look at John chapter 13. Um, We're gonna look at the whole chapter, but a little mixed up. We're gonna start at the end, then we're gonna go back to the beginning and It will still be tethered in truth, so we need not panic about that, but we are gonna start right kind of near the end. We're gonna start and look at what did Jesus say. So we're gonna start at John chapter 13, starting at verse 34. John thirteen, thirty-four, and Jesus, just to set the scene, Jesus is talking to his disciples. They're walking around and they're they're talking, and Jesus is always teaching his disciples as he spends time with them and talks with them. And the thing that's super interesting is we look at it now and it's like, this is the word of God, and it is. But at the time they were walking around and it was the disciples there, but there were some other people around too. But they're talking and they don't walk like Jesus and then two lines of disciples and they pause like now's the time for us to enact. John 13, everyone, you know, okay, pause, no, you're a little to the left, you're not quite in the frame. You know, they're not doing it. They're just living life. They're remembering it. And now it's recorded in scripture for us to see. So we see Jesus teaching and he's talking to the disciples in John chapter 13, 34. Jesus says this, I'm going to back up and start at 33. My children, I will be with you a little while longer. You'll look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. And then he says, a new command I give you. Now imagine being the disciples and all of a sudden, Jesus is talking your teacher, your rabbi, the one that you live your life after, he's talking and he's like, a new command I give you. If they hear this command, a new one, what are they thinking of? Oh, the, the 10 commandments, is this a new one? Is this something we should write down? You know, someone should carve it, where's the stone? You know, they're sitting here listening and they're waiting to hear what is this new command? And then Jesus goes on and he says, love one another. And they're like, that's old command. Amanda referenced Leviticus earlier about um, caring for the foreigners among your midst. In Leviticus also, it says, love one another. So the disciples would have heard that and said, love one another. Yeah, we know that one already, but then Jesus adds, and this changes everything. He says, love one another. And then he says, as I loved you, so you must love one another by this everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another now if we were looking at this and if it was like a book or if it was a something what would happen is this the disciples would hear as i have loved you and they would have paused and if they had think bubbles we could see that and they would be like oh like that like that's the way we're supposed to love one another and they would remember something that had happened and they would remember the way that jesus had loved them And that brings us back to the beginning of John 13, starting at verse 1. This is what Jesus shows them. He tells them to love, and now he shows them. What did Jesus do? It was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Another phrase, that um, another way you could translate that is, and perhaps some of your um, translations say this, it says, he showed them the full extent of his love. This is what Jesus is going to do. He is going to show them the full extent of his love. What does that look like? Let's keep reading. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power that he had come from God and he was returning to God. And I know it's the middle of a sentence, but we're still gonna pause here. What did Jesus know? He knew who he was. He knew exactly who he was. And in the scripture, he says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his authority all things under his feet. He knew he had come from the Father. He knew he was gonna go back to the Father. Here he is, full of authority, all power given by God himself because he is God himself as well. So he, what does he do? He gets up, takes off his outer cloth, wraps a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and he went over and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus had all authority and all power. He could choose to do anything. He could have even in all kindness said, hey, Thaddeus, do you mind getting up and washing our feet? That hasn't been done yet. Thaddeus would have been like, nice, I'm in the Bible more. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's not mentioned a lot. <laughs> no. But he, he doesn't do that. What does Jesus do? He gets up and he does it. Now, we don't know what the disciples were thinking at this time, and we can't like extrapolate, and this one felt this, and this one thought that, but we know what they weren't thinking. They never once were thinking, oh, our feet weren't washed, I'll go do it. That'll be my, I could take care of that. Traditionally, that was something that was done, right? People would walk in and by the door, there was a basin with water and somebody was there to wash your feet. They usually had a foot washing person, like that's the you know the guy or the lady or whatever, that's their job to do it. If they did not have somebody do that, it was the, the woman in the home would come and do that, but always somebody provided that for the people who walked around in dusty roads, roads kicking up the dust in their sandals, and they would sit down and they wouldn't sit like we do with our feet tucked under the table so nobody sees what's happening. They were like kind of laying down and you want to make sure that that's something that gets done. And that was an act of service. And it was kind of considered the lowest of the jobs. You would want to definitely like move up from there. So Jesus has all power he knows he's come from God. He knows he's going back to God. He knows he is God. So he gets up, takes off his coat, wraps it around his waist and goes and grabs that water, fills it up and begins to wash people's feet. Come on. This is what the think bubbles are going on in these disciples. When he goes, love one another as I have loved you. They're like, whoa. Let's go on and look at the story. Continue. Story in verse six. Jesus came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you gonna wash my feet? Which he was like reading the room, That's what's happening. (laughs) Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later on, you're gonna understand. Well, we already fast forwarded to the later on when he's trying to start to put it all together, right? We fast forwarded over there already. But he's like, you don't understand what I'm doing right now, but later on, you're gonna understand this. And Peter's like, "Nope, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, okay, unless I wash you, you won't have any part with me. You won't identify with me. You won't see this unless I do this for you because this is what's going to be triggering on later on when I talk about love. Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. So then of course, Peter, as only Peter does, every time it's possible, say more than needed, you know? So some of us might think of Peter as a kindred right now, but he says, then Lord, Simon Peter replies, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. He's like, I'm all in, Jesus. Wash me. <laughs> and, and Jesus, oh goodness, Jesus answers and he goes, okay, those who've had a bath only need to have their feet washed. All right. The rest of you is clean. We're good here. <laughs> and he says, the whole body is clean. And then as Jesus does, he takes something earthly and he makes it spiritual. He goes, you know, I'm washing your feet because the rest of you is already clean. And he goes, you know, the whole body is already clean. And then he's like, but not everybody here. Not everybody here is clean. Because what did he know? Verse 11, he knew who was going to betray him. That's why he said, not everyone was clean. We're always thankful for those narrative notes that help us understand. Why did Jesus say that in that interesting way? On a One note too, I was just thinking about this. Peter looks at this and he says, this doesn't feel right, right? This doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right that you, the rabbi, the teacher, the person in authority should be the one who's washing our feet. And you know what Jesus was doing? He's like, yeah, this is what you're used to. That's the way the world does it. There's people here and there's people here. I am here to show you that is not it at all. And he flips it like he does over and over and over again. All right, let's keep reading them in verse 12. He's gonna teach them what those actions mean. "'When he had finished washing their feet, "'he put his clothes back on, "'and he returned back to his place. "'Do you understand what I have done for you?' "'he asked them. "'You call me teacher and Lord, "'and rightly so, for that's what I am. "'Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. In summary, what does he say? You've called me master and Lord. You're right. That's exactly what I am. I am the master, I am the one who's in charge, I am the boss, I can say the word and you need to submit to what that word is. I am the Lord, you call me that, that's the right thing. So far, so good, this is what you're doing. You're the student, I've showed you what to do. I've served those, I've served those of you that I love. He says, you should do as I have done for you and we should have just a little bit of, oh, love one another as i have loved you do for others as i have done for you jesus tells them we look at this and there's a lot of us that can say wow i can kind of see how this could be applicable in in my own life but how practically so right how practically so i was thinking about this and i um tend to use illustrations while, while I'm driving, because it's still a sanctifying work in progress in my own life. And when I'm driving and I'm in a hurry, I feel like everyone else should be equally in a hurry or a little bit more so, especially if they were in front of me. And if they're slower, I'm trying to rethink. I'm trying to rethink in my head. You know, this person is just going through so many thoughts and they're praying and they're having a hard day and I need to give them space for that. That's what I'm trying to tell myself. And then I'm like, no, they're not. They're drinking, they're having fun, they're drinking coffee, they went drive, they're not even paying attention. Because what does my human nature say? What I have on my agenda right now, going to the coffee shop is more important than what their agenda is. We tend to look towards ourselves first because we have the sinful nature thing. And we need to be reworked. We need to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hence, love being fruit of the Spirit. When we respond in love, we are showing that we are Christ's disciples because we're looking just a little bit more like he does. That's what the evidence of the fruit is. It's like if you see an apple tree and you're like, oh, I know this is an apple tree. I can tell by the bark. I can tell by the way the branches go and I can see the leaves. Obviously it's an apple tree. But if there's no apples, we're like, well, that's not super effective. And the same with us. Oh, I know they're Christian. They say they're Christian. They have a Christian t-shirt. Some of those are so bad. just though, People should just not wear some of those ones. You know where you take normal sayings and you make them like super cheesy, but add Jesus' name to it or something? Sorry, I digress. Um, bumper stickers, which I won't put on my car for various reasons. I need—I have a little more work to go. Beep, beep, beep! <laughs> no Jesus, no peace. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, I can't do that quite yet, but maybe I'll get there. But our lives, when we respond in love, there's evidence that Christ is at work, that the Holy Spirit is at work within us. And we're called to love one another. And who do we love? We love whoever is put across our path this day. And we look for an opportunity. We start out the day going, hmm, who can I love and serve? Instead of, hmm, who should love and serve me this day? huh, they should have served me better. They should have loved me more. Don't they know? You know, so it's this attitude that we have. We have no idea what will happen when we start to transform our thinking and start to think this way and to pause of think of someone else. And we need to go back and look at what Jesus did here also still in John chapter 13. Whose feet did he wash when we look at this? Who did he love? He loved his disciples without exception. If we look at chapter 13 and verse 18, Jesus predicts he's going to be betrayed. If we look at verse chapter 13, verses 36 to 38, we see he's gonna be denied, even by Simon Peter. Jesus tells Simon Peter, you know, here's what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna love you. And he's like, where I'm going, you can't follow. And Peter's like, why can't I follow you? I'll lay down my life for you. And Jesus is like, will you really? for the rooster crows three times, you're gonna deny you even know me. But what did Jesus do when he washed feet? He went around and he is like, (laughs) Thaddeus, Matthew, and then he isn't like, oh, oh, Peter, sorry, skip you, you know. Judas, absolutely not. Just go do whatever you're gonna do quickly before the foot washing ceremony. No, he washes his feet too. And I read this and I think, oh man, There are some people that are really easy to love, and there are some that are just not so much. Not so much. And how do we do that? We can't. (laughs) We ask the Lord to do it through us and in spite of us. And he will. He makes it possible. And as we do that, as we love, as we care for someone, as we have somebody else go first, as we pause and pray for somebody else going through something difficult, if we for a second can pause in our car and not decide we need to be first and say, Lord, I'm just gonna pray for that person's day and ask you to forgive me for being so self-focused. Now, as we start to do that, Jesus tells his disciples and he tells us this too, by this, everybody's gonna know that you are my disciples by the love that you have for one another. And I think we can all agree that maybe the Christians aren't always the kindest person in the room. Maybe they aren't the first ones to extend love. And we wanna change that, right? We wanna be the person who is the one looking for a chance to serve, looking for a way to love. And I am convinced that as we look for a way to do that, that the Lord will give us opportunity. And what's super cool is as we look here, we all have different spheres of influence. We all have different neighbors. It was lovely to be at the bonfire um, last night and to meet your neighbors there. You guys are. I'm like, <laughs> doing one of these. It was lovely. We have different neighbors. We have different coworkers. We're going to go different places to get coffee. Eat. I don't know what coffee is like, just like right here in every example I'm using right now. But each one of those times is an opportunity for us to extend the love of God. And we value that because we value God's word and that's what his word tells us that. We value doing it because we value one another and we value service and we do it all in the name of love through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you that you give us your word that is true. Thank you, Lord, also that you inspire us and encourage us and then enable us to do what is right through the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you guide us into truth. Thank you that you empower us through the fruit that you want to bear in our life, that's gifted to us in love. Lord, I pray for each one of us here, the very young. Lord, that you would use each one of our lives this week to love somebody, to greet someone, to meet a need, to do something kind through the power of the Holy Spirit for the glory of who you are. Lord, may we look more like you. And may we, as we even remember this story, be like the disciples when we hear these words, love one another as I have loved you, above and beyond above and beyond. Thank you, Lord, that while we were still sinners, Christ, you died for us. You loved us in the midst of our unlovely. We did not love you first. And thank you so much that we can love you now and help us to love others well too. In your name we pray, amen. This is a project of the Capital City Church in the West Seventh Community of St. Paul, Minnesota. Find us on Instagram at Capital City Church STP or visit our website for more information at CapitalCitySt.Paul.com.